For the past several weeks, we've been looking in 2 Corinthians chapters 11 through 13, reading some instructions for faithful living. We're going to read uh, this morning in a section where Paul summarizes those instructions. He kind of encapsulates it, puts it into four major categories, and we'll take a look at what that's all about today as we uh, look this morning in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. We're going to be looking, or chapter 13 rather, we'll be looking at verse 11. Preachers are notorious about a lot of things, but one of the things we're notorious about is saying, in conclusion, and then rambling on for another 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> Usually when someone says in conclusion, it's supposed to mean they're getting toward the end. They're, they're coming to a, a focus. They're, they're, they're beginning to, to get to the, 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 the meat of whatever it is that they're about to say. And, and what they say after in conclusion is essentially a summary of the things that they want you to remember. And that's what Paul does here in 2 Corinthians chapter 13. He, he comes to a conclusion. That doesn't say in conclusion. He says finally, but it means the same thing as he, he's wrapping up this letter that we know of as, as 2 Corinthians, he, he wants to summarize what it is that he has said. And he does that in a, in a, in a very profound and, and, and a good way for us to capture exactly what we've been talking about over the last several weeks. So we're going to take a look here at verse 11 and then kind of back up and, and take from some of the verses where he's drawing this conclusion from. Uh, 2 Corinthians 13 verse 11 says, finally, brothers, goodbye, aim For perfection, listen to my appeal. Be of one mind, live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. In in this verse, Paul makes four statements that summarize not only the the passage that we've been looking at over the the past few weeks, but really summarize the entire letter of 2 Corinthians. These four instructions provide a, a, a roadmap, if you will, a roadmap for every believer. And like any good roadmap, it only works if you follow the directions. And so we're going to look at, at these, this roadmap today, these instructions that he gives and find out how all of us can follow that roadmap for faithful living in our Christian life. Uh, first of all, Paul does provide these instructions for faithful living. We've been building toward this all through these past several weeks as we've looked through this, this uh, section of, of Scripture. He concludes his letter with a farewell and then with this four-part summary of what he has written. So we'll take a quick look at each part. First, he says, aim for perfection. Now, that sounds like a pretty lofty goal. <laughs> go out there and be perfect. <laughs> but, but notice that's not what Paul says. He doesn't say go out there and be perfect. He says aim for perfection. It's important to understand what Paul is saying here and what he's not saying. He does not mean that this side of heaven we're going to be perfect. We're not. He wasn't. Only Jesus achieved that goal in this world. However, it should be our aim. That should be what we're striving for in life. It ought to be what we're seeking to do in the way that we live. We should seek to be like Jesus. Now, we're not going to be perfect. We're going to falter. We're going to fall short of that along the way. We're going to have to ask Christ's forgiveness when we we don't do the things that he he wants to do. But that doesn't mean that we 
don't set the bar high. We want to aim for the very best. And this is the way Paul put it earlier in his letter. Back in chapter 7, verse 1, he said, Since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Now, the promises that he refers to in that verse, those are the the promises that we have of God. Earlier in uh, 2 Corinthians, Paul lists some of those promises. Promises that we have in the Lord. And it's quite a list. When we begin to think about the blessings that we have in the Savior. The presence of God's Holy Spirit in us. It should be a calling, a reminder to be what God's created us to be. He's here. He's with us. We're called to be holy. Now, we can't do that on our own. We don't, we don't have that kind of strength. We don't have that kind of capability. But in the holiness of Christ, we can move forward. And our aim each day should be to live according to that reality. To live knowing that we have God in us. That His Holy Spirit is present in us. Now again, we're, we're going to falter. We're going to stumble. We're going to take the wrong road. We're going to do things that we know we shouldn't do. And then we have to come to Christ and ask Him to forgive us. And He does. That's the amazing thing about the mercy of our Lord. As we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's what the Bible tells us. But we should keep on striving. Our aim should not just Be good enough. Our aim, our goal should be the perfection, the holiness of Jesus Christ. Our Jesus deserves nothing less. Now, the the words here, if you read this passage, uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, if you read that in some different translations, you'll see that the words are translated a little bit differently, and this is, is one, of, one of those. In, in the ESV, the, the word, or this phrase rather, is, is translated as aim for restoration. In the New American Standard Bible, it's translated as be made complete. Uh, the idea here is we should seek to be the people that God created us to be. As we read the Scripture, as we come to know the Lord as our Savior, as the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us, we know who we have been created to be. And that's how we should seek to live every day. We've been restored through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. We should live every day. In that understanding, we should seek to aim for the very best for the sake of our Lord. He deserves nothing less. So so Paul starts off his list with this reminder to aim for perfection. Second thing that he says is listen to my appeal. Now, now as with the, the first phrase that aim for perfection, this phrase, listen to my appeal, it's variously translated if you read it in different translations. And that's a good thing to do, by the way, if you're studying the scripture, just to take a look at how some different translators have translated different words. It, it gives you some some better grasp of, of what the verse is, is saying, because, again, we're we're translating it into English out of the original language. But if you look at some different translations, you'll 
you'll, you'll see this phrase, listen to my appeal, translated different ways. In the King James Version, it's translated as be of good comfort. In the New American Standard Bible, it's translated as be comforted. And in the ESV, it's translated as comfort one another. Now, that doesn't sound very much like listen to my appeal, but, but there's a reason why. The word that's translated as listen can mean both listen and comfort. Now, what's Paul talking about here? Well, he began his letter with a reminder that we should comfort each other as we have been comforted in Christ. That's the appeal that Paul is is referring to, the appeal that he's saying listen to. Uh, Here's what he said back all the way back at 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. He said, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. Here's, Here's what Paul is saying. Here's his appeal. Recognizing the truth. That the God of all comfort has comforted us, then we should seek to comfort one another. Or to put this in another way, we should love each other the same way Jesus loves us. You will never be able to give away all of the love that Jesus Christ has given you. You can... Give that away all day long, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year, and you will still be full of the love of Jesus Christ. Don't hoard it. Don't keep it back. (laughs) Give it away. Love others the way that Jesus has loved you. Comfort others the way that God has comforted you. Listen to the appeal of Scripture. So so Paul says, aim for perfection, listen to my appeal. Then the third statement that he uses to summarize his teachings is, be of one mind. In Ephesians chapter 4, Paul says, we have one Lord, we have one faith, we have one baptism. We are united in Christ. He talks about Jesus being the head of the church. So we should all strive to be of one mind, the mind of Christ. Now, we're a diverse people. We come from a lot of different backgrounds. We we have a lot of different opinions. We we, we have uh, different ideas about things. Uh, if If you think about Christianity around the world, we speak different languages. We come from different cultures. But when it boils down to what matters, We should be of one mind. We have one Lord, and His name is Jesus. We have one Master, and His name is Jesus. We have one King, and His name is Jesus. We are united in Christ. Paul says, aim for perfection. Listen to the appeal of Scripture. Be of one mind. And finally, number four, he says, live in peace. Now, now this 
statement follows the other three that he's made. If we truly do aim for perfection, if we seek in our life that the goal, the way that we're seeking to live every day is to be like Christ. If we listen to the appeal of Scripture, if we truly do try to give away the love that God has given us, knowing we can never give it all away. If we seek to comfort each other in the way that Jesus has comforted us. If we live in one mind in that understanding that though we have different opinions, though we have different likes, though we have different backgrounds, though we have different abilities, different talents, different gifts, we have one Lord. We're united in Him. Now, if we do those things, the result of that will be that we live in peace. We need to understand something as Christians. Our battle is with the powers of evil, not with each other. Whatever our differences, we should seek to work them out. Put another way, we're going to be living with each other for eternity. We might as well start figuring out how to live with each other now. There you have it. Aim for perfection. Set the goal high in your life. Don't just settle for good enough. Aim for being like Christ. And yes, you'll fail. You'll not quite achieve that. You'll fall short of that. But keep aiming High. Aim for perfection. Listen to the Scripture's appeal. Be of one mind. Live in peace. Hey, that's pretty good instructions for faithful living. Those of you who are photographers, you know that on most cameras, there is a focus setting. As you look through the the lens or the viewfinder, if you're using your phone, you'll see a little square there or a little dot or a little circle. And it indicates what it is that the the camera is actually focused upon. And and that's important because we've all had photographs that that we messed that up a little bit. You know, it was that that absolute all-important photograph, the the, the child taking their first step in in the beautiful photo that was going to be a reminder in all history of that momentous occasion is focused on the trash can behind the kid. (laughs) And the kid's all out of focus. Well, the, the point of focus is not just important in photography. It is vital in life. All four of Paul's instructions have one point of focus. All of them are focused on Jesus. Aim for the holiness we have in Christ. Share the comfort that we have in Christ. Live in the one mind that we have in Christ. Walk in the peace that we have in Christ. You hear a theme there? Live your life focused on Christ and the results are amazing. And that's what Paul describes in the final part of this verse. Where he says, the God of love and peace will be with you. Now it's important to understand what Paul's saying here. Listen again to the verse. It's verse 13, 11 there. It says, finally brothers, goodbye. Aim for perfection. Listen to my appeal. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Paul is not saying 
That if we do those four things, if we follow those four steps, if we we do those four categories that he's described in that verse, then uh, we will have God's love and peace in us. That's not what he's saying. It's actually the other way around. When we know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we know that the God of love and peace is in us, that he is with us, that he will never abandon us, that he is always there. It's, it's the result of, of having him, that, that understanding. And what Paul is saying is, you already have the God of love and peace in you. That, that, that's a result of your having received Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's a done deal. It's already there. So, the result of that should be that you should aim for perfection. You should listen to the Scripture. You should be of one mind. You should live in peace. And that's one of the things that makes worship so important. When we worship God, when we're doing what we're doing this morning, whether you're here in person, whether you're watching us online, what we're doing this morning is we are collectively gathering for the purpose of worshiping Christ. Because as we worship Him, we remind ourselves of God's presence. We remember He is here. He is with us. And if the God of love and peace is here with us, if we remember that truth, then we're going to seek to live in a way that honors Him. We're going to seek to listen to His Word. We're going to seek to be of one mind with other believers. We're going to seek to live in peace. You didn't realize how important it was what we're doing here this morning. Or or you probably did realize just how important this was. That's why you got out even on a cold day when it's been snowy and icy all week, you knew how important it was to be here this morning. Those of you watching at home, you knew how important it was that even if you weren't physically able to be here, you knew it was important enough to to get out your phone, get out your tablet, get out your computer and, and join with the people of God because you recognize how significant worship is. So often, I don't know about you, but I know I do this all the time, I get things backwards in life. And sometimes when we do that, we miss what we already have. We've all been there, and you don't have to admit it. I'll admit it. But you don't have to. But I already know you've done it, so it doesn't matter whether you admit it or not. We've all gone through the house desperately searching for our keys. We've looked everywhere. You pulled up all the couch cushions. You've looked everywhere. You, you looked behind the couch. You, you've looked on the kitchen cabinet. You've looked on the bedroom table. You, you, you've looked under the bed. You, you've looked in the bathroom. You've looked in the refrigerator. I mean, you've looked everywhere you can think of that those keys might possibly have wound up, and you can't find them anywhere. And then someone finally asks, hey, did you, did you look in your pocket? Oh, yeah. There they are. Now, if we can just find some way to bribe them, not tell anybody that we just did all that. We, we do that in life so often. We desperately search for satisfaction in life. 
When all the time, we have everything that we need in Jesus. We try to make ourselves right. We feel so guilty about all the times we've done things we shouldn't have done. And we, we try to figure out how to, how to make it better. When Jesus has already forgiven us. He's already cleansed us. He's done everything that needed to be done on the cross. Our sin is forgiven. We struggle to get ahead to finally reach that gold ring in life when we already have everything in Jesus. Maybe it's time to turn that around. To before we strive in life for all those things, before we feel all of that guilt, before we do all those things to find satisfaction in life, we just stop for a minute and and just worship Him. And realize, I have everything in Jesus. Maybe it's time to publicly, collectively, as a people, acknowledge that He is Lord of all. That He has freely showered His grace upon us. That we have His love because of His great mercy. That's what worship is. And as we worship Him, as we recognize His presence, as we realize all of the good things that God has done for us, then it naturally leads us to to set the bar high in life, to aim for perfection, to seek to live holy because our God is holy. It it leads us to listen to the Scripture because we want to know what God says. We we want to know what He wants from our life. So we we go to the Bible and we we dig down deep into His Word and and, and we seek, what is it, Lord, that You want in in my life? We, we, We live of one mind. And when we have disagreements, when we have difficulties, we we don't attack each other because we realize we're not the enemy. Satan's the enemy. We're on the same side. We're all one in Christ. And we live in peace. Because we recognize that already, because of His grace, because of His love, because of His mercy, the God of love and peace, is with us. And that is what leads to faithful living. Heavenly Father, thank You. And we just pause for a moment this morning to give You praise. You are a great And mighty God, you have already done for us all that needs to be done. There is nothing else that needs to be accomplished that we might have forgiveness. There's nothing else that needs to be accomplished that we might have everlasting life. There's nothing else that needs to be accomplished that we might live for you. You've already done it. (laughs) So God, we just pause for a moment here this morning to sing praises to you, to give you thanks, to recognize your presence with us. And God, as we worship you, it, it, 
it leads us to want these things that your word has described, to want to aim for a holy life, to, to want to live in one mind, to, to seek to be in one purpose, to recognize that, that you and you alone are God, to truly live in peace. God, help us to be the people you've created us to be. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In just a moment, we're going to have a time of of invitation. It's an opportunity for you to respond to what God's doing in your life this morning. Maybe you've been struggling with with some things in life, and all of a sudden you've realized, you know what? The problem is that I can't do this. I can't make my life right. No matter how much I try, I can't make this work. And you came this morning, you're watching this morning, with a, with, with a prayer, God, show me what to do. We have good news for you this morning. God's already done it. <laughs> you don't have to do anything. In fact, there's nothing you can do. All you need is to receive it. What Jesus has already done for you. Because He's already paid in full for all of your mistakes, all of your sin, everything that you've ever done that you feel guilty about, Jesus Christ on the cross paid the price completely. It's done deal. And by faith you can receive that. That forgiveness that Jesus has for you. And and not only that, that would be enough. Just to know that we're forgiven, that would be wonderful enough. But there's more. Because not only does God forgive us, He cleanses us and makes us brand new. Why would He do that? Well, because He wants you to be with Him forever. (laughs) For all eternity. That's what everlasting life is. And again, you may say, well, I don't deserve that. I don't deserve His forgiveness, much less to have heaven. I don't deserve that. You don't know what I've done. You're right, I don't know. But you know what? When you receive Jesus Christ, God forgets it too. The Bible says he puts it as far as the east is from the west. He doesn't even see it anymore. And we want to share with you this morning how you can have that in your life. Now, normally what we would do, we'd invite you to come up here to the front. We'd sit down with you. We'd show you in the Bible where the Scripture says what I just said specifically. I mean, I didn't, I'm not just saying this. This is what the Bible says. And it's good news. We can't do that personally right now, but we can still do that. There's a couple of different ways. If, if you're here with us physically this morning, there's a card there in the pew before you. It says connection card on the top of there. Just pull one of those out. Give us some contact information and indicate to us, hey, I want to know more about Jesus. There's a little checkbox you can check or you can just write it there on the form. Place that in one of the baskets as you leave. We'll be in contact with you very soon to talk with you, to share with you the Scripture, and to pray with you so you can know Jesus. If you're watching online, there's a way for you to do that as well on our uh, website. It's at nationalheights.org. There, there's one page. It's at backslash hello. If you just follow that link, you'll see that same connection card. It's there. The link is there on Facebook. If you're watching us there on our web page, it's right down at the bottom of the page if you're watching us there. Just follow that link. Again, give us some connection information and then indicate, hey, I want to know more about Jesus. There's, a, again, a box you can just click on, check that, or down at the bottom you can just type it in. We'd be glad to share with you how you can know the Savior as well.
Maybe there's some other way that God's speaking to you this morning. Maybe you're looking for a church family. You want a place where you can plant your life with, with other believers and, and worship the Lord together and serve the Lord together. We, we would be thrilled for you to be a part of National Heights Baptist Church, and we'll get some information to you about how you can do that. Maybe there's a prayer request that you have in your life. Maybe there's just something going on and you just really need some fellow believers to be praying with you. We would be honored to do that. If you're here on the reverse side of the card, there's a place where you can indicate that prayer request. If you're watching online, it's at the very bottom of that electronic form where you can just type in a prayer request. We'll be glad to be praying with you in the week ahead. Whatever way God is speaking to you this morning, we invite you to listen to Him and follow His call on your life today as we sing together.